what I'm pissed about, though, is I had to watch cartoons when I was growing up with, like, you know, Superman and Batman and all that shit. And ever since I was a little kid, even cartoons were brainwashing people. Like, how many times have you guys heard this in any cartoon? This is a democracy. We need to defend the democracy. I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah, we do. When I was a kid, I didn't know what the fuck it meant. But now I do. And I don't want it. Fuck your democracy. And that's what I find is hilarious is that we were being brainwashed as children with our favorite TV shows like G.I. Joe. I swear to God, use democracy. Thundercats. I don't know if Thundercats did, but I definitely know that like the Justice League and, and all these other cartoons that I'd watched had brought up the word democracy. Even fucking Star Wars said this is a democracy. And uh, I, I am pissed. Fuck you. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. It's Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hi. Raylene, how are you? Fantastic. I have to tell you what happened to me. What happened? Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, so we have chickens. Yes. We're um we're like beginning homesteaders. We're still we're still practicing and learning. And we've been doing chickens for a while, but we started fermenting our chicken feed. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but we have a big garbage can and we put the feed in it and it kind of uh, breaks down and it's easier for the chickens to digest it. It's good stuff. Okay. Well, our chickens wanted, they love it so much that they got the lid off the garbage can and one of the chickens got inside and quicksanded into it and couldn't get out. And we got the, we get this chicken out and my friend who's actually staying with us right now, she's a vet tech. So she's saving this chicken's life and it's aspirating and she has it wrapped in a towel because, you know, that's how we're rolling and we're, we're, we're loving this chicken and taking care of it. We did not realize, we thought this chicken is neurological. It's going to... It has a drug problem. There it is. This you know what I'm chicken saying? It's chicken bought, crack. She and was that's what you're drunk. harvesting over there, and it should be banned, and it should be illegal, Raylene. It was moonshine. It was chicken feed moonshine. Is what it was. Yeah, something like that. Funny <gasps> thing happened to me today. Yeah, I went home during lunch, and I noticed there was like a couple ants hanging out on my counter. Ugh. Right. Gross. Yeah. yeah. Fucking pissing me off because they like every summer they come out from under the house or something. Yeah. So I bought like those liquid bait killers and basically they don't kill them right away. So they go into the bait trap and then they go back home and they take it back to their the base, their little like nest or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I'm finding the most ultimate pleasure in knowing that those fuckers are going to die. And there's like a lot of them now on my counter, like a whole oh my gosh. platoon of them. Right. But they're all going into that shit. Right. And I'm like, eat it up, motherfucker. You're going to die. So you're killing terrorists yes. while we are saving and having an intervention for our poor yes, drunk you're chicken. Sa- yes. So you're saving your drunk chicken and I'm killing ants. <laughs> I'm, I'm a times. murderer. I'm a murderer. 
you know, just the same old thing, but I'm really glad you're here and I'm glad you made it into the studio, Raylene. And, uh, but what's really cool is I also wanted to point out, make a point here that we've been running our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash blast off podcast, which was previously the Johnny Rocket Launchpad podcast or Johnny Rocket Launchpad. But please don't go there anymore. It's a dead site. You'll get an error 404, whatever. Uh, but please go to the patreon.com forward slash blast off podcast. And I do want to give a shout out to all the people who have been supporting this show and the old show and they're still kind of hanging on and I, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for still supporting the show and I, I still personally send it to them in a, via email to some of them but I want to thank William Iwell Paul Addis, Apollo Slater, David Johnson, Tom Cooper, Brian Simonson, Craig D, Charles Lamb, Kyle Evans, Jason Burt, Mark Kibler, Mark Clare, Daniel Roberts, Joseph Roberts, John Frostad, Philip Sertum, Alex Merced, Randy McGlenn, Howie Snowden, Kelburn Kuntz, Jesse Pittman, and Kalen Langman. You guys are all rock stars. Thank you guys so much. And I sent out to some of the ones who, who have been with us the longest the backstage pass. So hopefully you guys have gotten them in the mail. And I hope you like them. They're pretty cool. And I, you have one now, Raylene. So I hopefully you like them. I wear it to bed. You wear like don't You don't wear it to bed or anything, right? Nothing else. My husband loves it. So he gets <laughs> turned on with the backstage pass. See? He's always wanted a groupie. Yeah. And yeah, I'm the- making this up. I'm making all of it up. I'm a liar. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have a really cool guest. And yes. are you ready for our guest? You ready to bring him out? I'm so excited. All right, here we go. Daniel Elwood runs ActualAnarchy.com and www.readrothbard.com. Along with his co-host, Robert Johnson, he hosts a podcast about popular movies from a Rothbardian anarcho-capitalist perspective called the Actual Anarchy Podcast. In addition to a normie-friendly version, which can be found at, ready for this, the Launchpad Media called The Last Nighters. Among other things, he runs www.blackand.gold, which is a website chronicling his path to creating the multiple income streams that are location independent so he can obtain a permanent travelier lifestyle and practice techno agorism. I welcome here on Blast Off, give it up for Daniel Elwood! <laughs> You know, I think that this is a, a fate-type bringing together of all of us because you have drunk chickens, Raylene, and Johnny, you were murdering ants. I'm murdering. <laughs> Fuck them. Yesterday, I had earwigs in my mailbox, and I sprayed them with alcohol to kill them. So yes. I merged the two things together. <laughs> so they were happy, and then they died. Oh, my gosh. There are so many ways to torture animals in our rainbow. Well, you know how you get rid of slugs, right? Pour salt on them. Oh, it's awesome. Watching them just dissolve. It's awesome. Oh, they're disgusting. Have you ever done that? Yeah, growing up we did. That was like the yep. highlight. That was the highlight of my, my childhood. Pouring salt on slugs. You know, we're going to have animal rights activists protesting us now because of the <laughs> no. poor slugs. You know that. That's what's going to happen. You're so controversial, Johnny. Guess what? It was a endangered slug. There you go. <laughs> now I'm a the criminal. Sp- the spotted slug. The spotted slug out in the wilderness. I fucking killed an endangered insect and I'm happy about it. Fuck those guys. Anyways, slug though, is it an insect. Daniel, <laughs> thank you so much for being here on the show, man. And I really want to talk, you know, you're doing, you're doing something really cool. And what I found refreshing about actualanarchy.com is that you are kind of utilizing culture to spread the message of liberty and you're applying it to things that everyone loves. Everyone loves loves movies, right? So like what made, 
what made you want to do this show? Like, what was the inspiration? I mean, obviously you like movies and you obviously like libertarianism, but like what made, what was the aha moment that connected the two for actualanarchy.com? Well, after my childhood of putting salt on slugs and also poking sticks in the little hole on their side. Oh, that's, you know what I'm yeah, talking that's about. fucking awesome. <gasps> yes. Me too. I watched a lot of movies growing up and my friends and I would often communicate with movie quotes alone. So it had a pretty big impact on my life. And one of my close friends growing up was Robert, who's now my co-host. And the genesis of our show was probably related to the Snowden revelations that Alex uh, Jones was correct in that your phone conversations are all being recorded. And we figured that since they're being recorded anyway, why don't we record them and release them as a show? Huh. So that's sort of the genesis of the podcast. So the NSA actually hears the show before you do. They, they probably know about it before I even know what I'm going to say. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, skipping the Patreon. They're skipping the Patreon, those dicks. Yeah, they got an early, early release. Fucking bastard. Yeah, they're stealing Patreon support from me. Yes. Anyway, so the show just started out as, as just, you know, two guys talking, whatever was in the news, whatever. And we always ended up somehow relating it to movies. And so after about six months of sort of doing that, we just made it official. We're like, fuck it, let's just make it official and just base it on movies. And this was back when we were called the Reed Rothbard podcast. Uh, then after a while, Robert was, you know, he would talk to friends um, in real life and they'd ask him what his show is about and, and what's the name of it. And he would say the name and they were like, what? Who? Who is that person? Yeah. So we realized we weren't getting a whole lot of traction with with the name. So then we we decided that we changed it up, and actual anarchy was available. So we picked that up, and we looked at it as you know, anarchy has a bad reputation. Um, left anarchists have sort of sullied the name. It it doesn't mean going around smashing Starbucks windows and and things like that. It's essentially voluntarism. So we set out to correct that perception, and so that's why we call it actual anarchy. Uh, but even that seemed to be a bit of a problem for um, having a wide appeal. You know, anything with anarchy in the name right. might scare off some of the normies. So right. at the beginning of this year, we we branched off and started a new version, which is uh, the meat of the show is the same. But the actual anarchy audience, you know, they get a little bit extra at the beginning and a little bit extra at the end. And our Patreons get even more than that. Uh, but the, the main analysis of the show of films, the movie that we've watched that week, is the same, and it's a normie-friendly version. We call that The Last Nighters. And the whole concept is we're introducing ideas related to libertarianism, volunteerism, uh, Austrian economics, and things like that uh, in the context of a movie that the audience has, we assume, have watched and are familiar with, and it's a way to put some meat on the bones uh, so it's not just abstract uh, theory, it's actually, you know, sort of semi-applied, right? So it uh -huh. might stick with them a little bit better. Yes. And it's a way to, you know, kind of subversively get the information, get the message out there uh, as it relates oh, no, to culture. I, I'm fascinated by this. In fact, I, I think that this needs to be done more about everything, pop culture, TV shows, music. I would love to see Libertarian taking a look at what's going on in our media and things that we all enjoy and, and doing the same thing. Great job. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say uh, related to TV shows, we actually are taking on a um, TV show as a special right now with um, Liberty Weekly podcast. They're members of the Libertarian Union along with us. Yep. And we're looking at Netflix's documentary series, Wild Wild Country, which is about the, an Indian guru who moved his flock to Oregon, and then the local townspeople and the government fought with these people to essentially try to expel them from the country. 
And it's a really interesting, so many libertarian themes. And so we're in the middle of doing that. And that can be found at libertyweekly.net slash WWC. That's a landing page for that. We've done one out of six shows so far. I just watched it yesterday. It is fantastic. It's I'm now going to go watch the show and then come back to the next in the series because I'm loving it. And in fact, I told my husband today that we are going to be watching it because of you doing this. So thank you. Very cool. And what I dig, man, is that you are taking the culture. And that, I think, again, is the most important thing. I think there's a place for the Libertarian Party, but not everyone is into politics. So I think our message may get lost in those circles. However, I also think that if we take a Libertarian approach to how we analyze movies, how we analyze music, and we have that already at thelaunchpadmedia.com. So if you want to check out Daniel's The Last Nighters, you could check it out at thelaunchpadmedia.com. And you could find Sounds Like Liberty, which takes a musical analysis of libertarianism and have libertarian leaning bands and try to, you know, change the culture one way or another. Uh, but the only thing we're lacking now, my friend, is a comic book analysis of libertarianism and, you know, find out like, well, are, are the X-Men really progressives? Are they conservatives? You know, like, I think they're progressives. But w what would you think? Do you read comic books at all? You know, my co-host does. And I actually threw this idea at him and he's um, he's half interested. And then there's also another guy I know on Facebook. He's part of the uh, Tom Woods group that I'm in. Right. And he he is deep into the comic book lore. Like he's constantly making posts about this, analyzing it. And he's he's a voluntarist and cap. So I think that there's people out there who would be just great for that. Yeah. And I've also got another buddy who um, he's a he's an ANCAP. Uh, as of the last couple of months, he's been a guest on my show a couple of times and he's finally taken that six months and turned himself into an ANCAP. And he's starting a podcast about books like novels. Wow. And so that might be another uh, spot as a potentiality. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is what we need to be doing. And I'm so happy that you're actually doing it because everyone likes movies, yep. you know, and that is the thing. It's it's like the number one. I mean, I watch all the Marvel movies. Right. And I think out of all the Marvel movies, and I think we've talked about this before, but which one is the most libertarian? Come on. Civil War. Bam. Greatest Captain America movie ever. Civil War. I'm really impressed with Captain America being so libertarian. So, yeah, he's the one who stands up against the um, putting themselves under the thumb of an intergovernmental agency, which I would have thought Tony Stark would have been rebuffing that because, you know, he's the bad boy. The capitalist. Right. But but he's like crony, man. He's he's Elon Musk in that movie series. And he's like right right up with them. He's cozying up to him. And I don't recall if if this is the um the film where America makes the speech, you know, if if the whole world's against you, you don't move. You tell them to move. Yeah, stand up like a tree and you move. Yeah. Or you put your you plant yourself again next to the river and you say no, you move. Yeah, it's a great, great quote. And it was from the comic book, actually. Yeah, it was great, man. Oh, I have a question. I want to know what movie Dan thinks is the most libertarian movie made. And if you can't do one, you could do like top three or something. Oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, Just throw some ideas out there. There is one that we did early on, so the audio is kind of crap, but it was Matthew McConaughey movie. I got to look it up to remember the name. Oh, uh, was it where they, did the, they went around the FDA with the experimental drugs for AIDS? Yes, Dallas Buyers Club. That's it. Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, and we I haven't did seen it, it on our Actual Anarchy show, uh, the fourth one. So actualanarchy.com slash four. And we actually had a, a medical doctor on as a guest. Wow. Oh. See, it sounds like Mary Ruart would have loved that movie because that's what she's all about is deregulating the FDA. And... She would She would love that movie. I bet she does. I don't know if she's seen it, but I, I mean, I haven't seen it. Oh, you should. 
Okay, man, here's a question for you. Since we're talking about my favorite movies in Marvel, I love Marvel. Star Wars. There's a plenty of libertarian themes in that movie. But yet again, though, there's a lot of statism in that movie. Yeah. So what parts of Star Wars are extremely libertarian and what parts of Star Wars are extremely statist? All right. Well, my co-host is actually the Star Wars nerd. I, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with it. You know, I think that uh, doesn't Roger Paxton have an entire podcast dedicated to a libertarian analysis yeah. of the Star Wars universe? Resist the Empire. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to just revert to them. You know, I, I think <laughs> that they, they've got their hooks in on that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter. What's libertarian about that? You just had an episode with us. Yeah. Just a great episode. Yeah, that was our first episode, and uh, I don't know how we got into an abortion talk for 20 minutes in the middle of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Uh, so, yeah, there, you know, it's it's kind of, there's not a whole lot there that's libertarian. We were mostly talking about Harry, Harry does, is a do-nothing who just kind of lucks into um, events happening for him. But I think that the strongest argument I have for Harry Potter being a libertarian thing is after the Parkland shooting, everyone was talking about arming teachers and arming students and things like that. And Ooh. some people were suggesting river rocks and things like um, there was a meme shortly thereafter going around uh, that had the cast of Harry Potter. It was like, this is a, a school where every student is armed. You know, everyone's got wands and magical abilities and they can defend themselves. Now, in the movie series, of course, it doesn't deter Voldemort from wreaking havoc. But I think in the real world, knowing that there would be immediate and dire consequences if somebody were to aggress against a location like that that is no longer a gun-free zone, they would think twice about it and you'd see a dramatic reduction in attacks of that nature. Yeah, that that movie is is kind of a hodgepodge. I don't feel like it has a lot of libertarian themes in it. In fact, in a libertarian voluntarist world, would we really be sending our kids into a situation like that? There's no personal accountability in that way. I don't know. It's a little strange. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the movie is pretty much politically neutral there is the cat the the who's the lady what's the lady with the pink suit with the cats and all the pictures and she's an asshole do you remember dan oh uh, i want to say that's like in the second or third movie isn't she related to like the newspaper she uses the media for sure i thought she was worked with the government to outlaw things oh, like know. the ministry of magic yeah that's it yeah I, i'm not a big harry potter fan yeah, we just did the first movie and then made reference to the series as a whole, but we didn't watch all eight movies. We don't we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what okay, do you like how about Indiana Jones? Is that a good is that a movie you're familiar with? I'm just trying to say movies that I like. <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones is is pretty cool. I haven't watched it in a long time. Is it libertarian? You know, I think just vicariously because uh, Han Solo seems fairly libertarian in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And because it's Harrison Ford, same guy uh, that, yeah, I, I think that maybe it gets that brush with it a little bit. But, uh, you know, he, he does work for a university and there's Nazis in at least the third one. In all of them. Oh, is, are there Nazis in all of them? If not the second no, one, it's, it's the for first, sure in the, it's the first, first and, third. and the third. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the, uh, he chose poorly That's in the third the one. the third one. Yeah. The first and the third had the Nazis. No, no. Yeah. Did they? It belonged. Yes, they did. In they a had museum. It. Yes, yes, yes. The second one didn't. That's when they were in India, when they're eating all the snakes and all the monkey brains, and then they had the chilled monkey brains. Right, it's a great the, movie. Uh, no time for love, Doctor Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, they, but I was like, pretty. That was pretty gory for an Indiana Jones movie when he rips that guy's heart out. It was still beating. <laughs> and it was still. Did beating. you love that as a kid? I, I was like, like, oh my badass. god, that was like yeah. crazy, and then it turned, like blows up in flames. I'm like, holy shit! And I was like a little kid. I'm like, wow, that was I crazy. Was so riveted by it. I loved gore as a little kid. I felt so tough when I could watch it. 
Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Poltergeist scared the shit out of me. That horror movie. Remember Poltergeist? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom didn't let me watch that. I was I couldn't. I wasn't allowed to. I don't know why I was allowed to watch Indiana Jones 2. Temple of Doom was nasty. Yeah, they ate the monkey brains in that one too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. But all these movies that are coming out, and I'll just do an analysis on these movies, and I just think that it's interesting to see that there are a lot of themes in that are liberty in a lot of movies and we just don't even realize it. But I always noticed that, you know, uh, there was a meme that was out and it said that, you know, was, I think it was about the Matrix, you know, or something like that, where we always like the movie where there's one guy fighting the establishment and we always appreciate those movies. But in reality, we always go with the crowd. Yeah, safety. Exactly. So like you always have that one guy who fights everyone, like the John Wick movies, whatever, you know, it's always that one I individual. That. I love that shit. I know it's fucking great. That's a great movie. But like you have that one guy who fights everyone and you know that dude in real life would die. There's no way that dude could take on that many people. But what I'm saying is I find it hilarious that people love those movies where there's that one guy, Jean-Claude Van Damme, takes out an entire ninja fleet or an entire clan of ninjas. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, but in real life, though, I mean, we, we celebrate the individual in the movies, but we really don't in reality. And by we, you mean the royal we, right. not us anarchists. No, we not us. Not us. Are about the individuals. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would say that the reality is a little more like uh, V for Vendetta for us. Yeah. It feels like we're alone and it's hard to find other people like us. But as you see in that movie at the end, there's masses of people who are done being oppressed and are ready to stand up. We just need to know that there's a crowd of others that are going to support us so we can stay alive. Seriously. Um, no, I'm with you. Raylene, good point. I mean, so we're like in a society now where maybe there's a lot of people who are really fed up, but if they come out and say, I'm an anarchist, I'm a libertarian or I have these radical ideas that they will be shunned. They'll get fired from their job, right? There's a lot of bad things that can happen to people if they go against the grain. And seriously, yeah. like there's a lot of professors in school or high schools and colleges who cannot say their political affiliation because if they do, they'll get chastised or they won't make tenure. Tenure. So I think it's it's very important that the the state itself is holding people back from kind of moving forward or society is. You mentioned a lot of libertarian themes because I think people innately have it inside of them. I think it's, you know, natural rights come from a natural place. So it is inside of us and it always has been. And it's kind of like that moment in Wizard of Oz when they're like, oh, the power has been within you the whole time. Yeah. But I would say that there is a cancer on our media, on our movies and our TV, and it is statism. And um, it oh, yeah. ruins things yeah. for me. So I was going to ask Dan, what is the one thing or a list of things that make you the most viscerally angry when you watch TV and movies? That's a tough question because like the movies that are super statist or just laughably wrong economically yeah. or violate, you know, principles of libertarianism are actually great teaching moments for us because we can analyze those and critique, you know, so even even movies that are terrible in that way give us something to talk about, which is like, we, we just have an endless supply, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, we could do we could do a show every day, but we don't have time for that. But, you know, any anytime you see worship of politicians and enforcers of the state, yes. which is all the cop procedural shows, yes. you know, and, and there was one, I, I don't know if it was CSI or one of the other 
NCIS, one of those, where they actually had a domestic terrorist type person who was a sovereign citizen. Mm -hmm. And he, he confronted the guys in like a standoff. And he said a couple of things that are, you know, sort of pseudo libertarian-ish. And then, of course, the, the good guy cop had this big thing about patriotism and how the Constitution protects your right to be this way, blah, blah, blah. And how can you not appreciate that? And of course, he was trumped up as being, you know, this amazing, virtuous person when he was really just a thug pointing a gun at a, at a guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, totally, dude. And so that's hard to that's hard to watch. But, you know, that that's all the cop shows, all the procedurals are uh, pretty much like that. I think the only one that really wasn't was The Wire. And The Wire is one of the greatest shows oh, um, ever, so even though it's so dated now. Right. Right. Like the, the whole concept of, oh, we need to get these warrants to be able to tap these phones. That's like. That's so 90s, man. That's so 90s. It actually felt like it was 50 years ago. When you watch it, it feels archaic because the technology has come so far. And now we know what the police are using amplifiers to pick up signals that the NSA is collecting our data with. And I mean, it's getting crazy out there. We know these things now. So it's just, it actually almost delegitimizes the premise of the show, but the show is fucking good. What I'm pissed about, though, is I had to watch cartoons when I was growing up with like, you know, Superman and Batman and all that shit. And ever since I was a little kid, even cartoons were brainwashing people. Like, how many times have you guys heard this in any cartoon? This is a democracy. We need to defend the democracy. I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, we do. When I was a kid, I didn't know what the fuck it meant. But now I do. And I don't want it. Fuck your democracy. And that's what I find is hilarious is that we were being brainwashed as children with our favorite TV shows like G.I. Joe. I swear to God, use democracy. Thundercat. I don't know if Thundercats did, but I definitely know that like the Justice League and, and all these other cartoons that I'd watched had brought up the word democracy. Even fucking Star Wars said this is a democracy. And uh, I, I am pissed. Fuck you. We are not a democracy. And thank God we weren't. And again, it just maybe slowed down the bullshit. You know, like I was telling Raylene this one night, I said, Dan, I said, you know what? The Constitution isn't a good document. It's flawed. It has plenty of flaws in it. But one good thing about it, it just slowed shit down. Like if we didn't have the Constitution right now, we would have no guns. We'd have no freedom of speech. We would have nothing. So all it's doing for us it's slowing shit down. Do you think that it's actually actually protecting us as much? I mean, on some level, I, I could, we live here and I could say it does. But do you think that our it has ended up giving us a faith in the government and protecting us instead of our natural rights instead? What do you guys think? It's hard for me to, to argue this point because on the one hand, we do have a document that supposedly restrains government, at least in, is the intention. But if you look at all the Bill of Rights... Almost all of them have been violated. Everyone. And are constantly violated. Right. They're being eroded. Yeah. Yeah, they're certainly being eroded. And empirically, if you look at things, and I'm not an empiricist by nature, like I'm an Austrian sympathizer as as far as economics go, but you can look at data and you can use it to illustrate your points. If If you consider that the intention of the government was to be the smallest government, a Republican form of government with a constitution binding it, yet has yielded the the largest, most expensive, most powerful military empire in history, Right. then how much has it really prevented? And, and it's sort of a counterfactual because how do you know? You can't know what the alternate would have been. It's the seen versus the unseen, right? We don't know. Exactly. But I, exactly. I, I'm speculating in the sense that I, I think it just slowed it down. Whereas other countries that were started, like Great Britain, 
They never had any rights. None. And they still don't. And they, they still, still don't. don't. It's getting it's getting they're worse. Just getting it's, raked, yeah. raked over the coals. Well, it got a little better since the, like the Magna Carta, right? Yeah, twelve twelve fifteen. Yeah, right? it got a little better at that point. Uh, but then again, it's slowly going back. I mean, I don't know. Some people might say it's it's a pendulum. I just say it's, yeah, it's a cultural. Yeah, I just think it's all bullshit. I mean, so I always think that that no matter what. And here's the one worry that I have, and I maybe ask both of you this. If we ever do have a free society, an anarcho-capitalist society, my question to actually Raylene and Daniel would be this. I believe governments would form, and do you think governments would continue to grow? What I mean by governments is somebody would come out and say, you know what, we need a mayor. And then next thing you know, well, we need a, a governor. council, some kind of government. If I believe that that's that yes, the governments are going to exist in a voluntary society. What about you, Dan? I think by definition they would not be governments because they would not be a territorial monopolist. It would be more along the lines of a covenant community. I think it, the Hoppian ideas okay. where it would be voluntary and you could choose to move to another if you wished. Right. Versus now, you know, you can't really you get the, the don't like it leave right. shit all the time or the Definitely. if you don't you know move to Somalia that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I actually have a, a a post about this on actualanarchy.com slash Somalia that um, has a compilation of things against this argument but I think if we had a decentralized covenant community voluntary society that you would have a plethora of choice and there'd be competing agencies providing justice and insurance services and the providers of those services would be trying to win your business either with better quality right. or yes. lower prices. And it wouldn't be a one-size-fits-all situation where they violently prevent alternatives and competitors from entering the market. Right, I'm with you yeah. on that. But what I'm saying is I just see somebody trying to make a drug deal and they're going to go, hey, well, I'm going to get this guy in power. Look how bad the, you know, they're raking us against the coals with this insurance policy and blah, 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 blah. We need we need some sort of monitoring systems or some sort of agency or some sort of government to come in and protect us because there's always a status born. Like I, there's, there's a lot of people. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like if we lived in a free society and we taught people like, no, this is a bad idea. We're, we're all about the individual, not the collective. It'd be one thing, but again, I think, I don't know if, I really don't know if the non-aggression principle, and I'm an anarchist, I believe in this shit, but I'm just saying, I don't know if the non-aggression principle would necessarily apply to everyone. And I think people would be taken, some people would take advantage of that. And I know it's a moral code, but I don't think everyone's going to live by that code. And human error yeah, and subjection. Absolutely. So, of, of course, that's always going to exist. In my opinion, the world is imperfect. Humans are imperfect. And um, there's the ego, which in my in my belief, ego itself is what sin is. So, um, of course, that these things are going to happen. But they're happening now. I, when I said government earlier, just to clarify... Um, I believe that self-government is a government. Well, no, no. I believe that you yeah. can have small communities that would have like HOA-type government exactly. and you could move. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it would still yeah. be, a, a, what I'm saying is, it would be like scope crawl, right? Where uh, Daniel, what do you think of this? Where somebody would be like, hey, this is a voluntary government or this is a voluntary organization. And then slowly it'd be scope crawl. Well, you have to pay your dues or you know, you're out. or And even though it's still voluntary, there'd be a point, I think, where they would make it mandatory. And that's where statism grows. I don't know. I just think it's human nature to, as of now, as of now, to move towards statism. What's your thoughts, Daniel? Well, I think the more decentralized, the more fragmented you have, uh, the less likely that is to occur. And you would have 
a plethora of options and choices made available to you by entrepreneurs seeking to provide services that, that they think people are going to desire. So I think that once you're past the hurdle of sort of absolving the state, like saying, hey, you know what, this whole idea of forcing people to do things against their will and forcibly extracting things from them, but not calling it violence because we call it taxation. Right. No, um, yeah. I think once that's, you know, Orwell was right. Like all the words that get twisted around to change the meaning of things doesn't change the morality of those things. True. And uh, another guy I really like is Mencken. H.L. Mencken. Mm -hmm. I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. One of my favorite quotes from him is the kind of man who wants the government to adopt and enforce his ideas is always the kind of man whose ideas are idiotic. <laughs> my favorite quote from yeah. him is democracy is the art and science of running the circus from the monkey cage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I always get the gist. I can never get the actual words. I can't ever remember exact quotes. You guys are so impressive. Well, I, I'm cheating, actually. I, I, I have a, a it's on my page on my site. My, oh my, on my intro is where mine is. So I'm cheating, too. Okay. Well, I actually had a question written down, ready to go, that this I wanted to say. Well, um, if you want to cheat, too, Raylene, you can at actualanarchy.com slash quotes. <laughs> I've Daniel Elwood says, your website he is, is so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this website, Raylene Lightheart. You can put that on there. <laughs> that, that'll be the next quote. <laughs> there, there we go. Hey, anyways, so let's take a quick commercial break. Anyways, oh, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hi. And we're here with our special guest, Daniel Elwood from Actual Anarchy. Daniel, really quick, give us your dot coms before we take this break, sir. Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, actualanarchy.com, readrothbar.com black and dot gold. Uh, I've got a Mises quotes thing on Facebook. So that's facebook.com slash Mises quote, which has thousands of Ludwig von Mises quotes and uh, also conquest Nice. That's probably enough, enough for now. Anyways, <laughs> it's Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off. And by the way, please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Blast Off podcast. And please check us out and all of these great content creators at thelaunchpadmedia.com. Always launching ideas in your direction. We'll be right back. Hey there, Liberty lovers. This is Mark Clare of the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to bring you great conversations about the ideas of liberty three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check us out at lionsofliberty.com. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com. Or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow Podcast. Striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Raylene, it's 
such an honor to talk to you tonight. Oh. It's really great that you're actually here in the studio with me again for the fourth time. Well, I'm getting very comfortable here. I have my own chair now. You do. It's not the good one. I have the good one, <laughs> but you got the somewhat shitty one. And I'm sorry, but guess what? It's my house. Right. <laughs> and, and, get... and I'm not going to be sitting the whole time. I have to make sandwiches. That's right. Get in the kitchen, make me another sandwich. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, At so... least I'm allowed to wear shoes in the house. No. Well, you're not pregnant, so... Right, you're but not go. your wife, so just <laughs> you're the sandwiches. Go. Hey, can you give me a beer, though, while you're up? <laughs> yeah. She is awesome. She's actually walking away. She's looking at me like I'm a dick. I am a dick. I'm sorry. I was kidding. No, she didn't say anything. She just looked at me. She stuck her tongue out of me. All right, Daniel, what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. What we do here on Rocket Fire, sirs, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions are politically related, and if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Daniel, are you ready to play Rocket Rocket Fire? Let's go. Question one. Which type of laws do you think would be the easiest to get rid of to obtain a free society? Um, I guess the easiest would be uh, probably all the permission slip ones, like all the rights that they take from you and then sell back to you via licensure or permits. I think that most people are upset with things like the DMV. Like people recognize that the DMV is bullshit and, and run really terrible. Oh, yeah. I had a story where a guy was complaining about the DMV in Seattle. And a buddy of his was saying, oh, you've seen nothing yet. Try one in New Jersey. Oh. You take a number, you wait an hour, they call your number, you you submit your paperwork, you take another number, you wait an hour, they call you up, they ask you the questions, you wow. take another number. It takes wow. like three or four hours to get your license. So I think that one is an easy, easy thing to uh, get people on board with. Right on, man. Question two. What sacred cow did you have to slay to make your total transition to being an anarcho-capitalist? Uh, that's another good question. I think that, um, I've always kind of innately been anti-authoritarian or anti-authority and it just took getting some meat on the bones for me. Uh, so I ended up being a bit of a, uh, prepper style person and my wife and I moved to an island because we thought that having a body of water between us and the nearest local city was a good idea. And I ended up doing the uh, Ludwig von Mises 52-week course in Austrian economics, and that, that red-pilled me. That introduced, introduced me to Tom Woods, Ralph Rako, Murray Rothbard, uh, Tom DiLorenzo, and the rest. And that was five, six years ago, and I, I turned ANCAP shortly thereafter. Yeah, right on, nice. brother. Right on. Question three. Most of the publicly indoctrinated people believe that anarchy is chaos. Is this true? Why or why not? The public perception might be that it is chaos because they think that people need to be ruled by rulers to not give in to their base instincts. These are the Hobbesian uh, uh, people who, who think that it's dog-eat-dog and dog a jungle out there without some authoritarian cracking the whip. Really, anarchy is just no rulers, not no rules. So essentially, you're saying that you don't want to have somebody having un warranted authority over you. And that's really what anarchy is. It's voluntary transactions, voluntary trade. Trade is mutually beneficial in the ex-ante. Thank you, Walter Block. Yep. And that's really all it is. So right on, man. Question four. How is economics an important part to the path of liberty? Well, I have a Rothbard quote about this one. There we go. Let me pull <laughs> that one up. <laughs> you, got 30, you don't have it memorized? You could have just pretended the whole time. Yeah. Well, I actually do use this one a lot. It's no crime. This is Rothbard. 
It is no crime to be ignorant of economics, which is, after all, a specialized discipline and one of that most people consider to be a dismal science. But it is totally irresponsible to have a loud and vociferous opinion on economic subjects while remaining in that state of ignorance. Right on, man. Very cool. Very cool. I think it's super important. All right. Question five. What is the hardest concepts of anarchy for the average person or libertarian to embrace? And what would you say to them to put them at ease? Like, hey, man, it's cool. It's cool, man. Don't worry. Well, I've got some friends who um, we debate every so often, and I always refer to their their desire for having a minimal government as the minarchy or hashtag the minarchy mm-hmm. because they think that it's got to be the courts, the you know police services, and the military. And I always bring it back to them. Well, if you understand economics to the point where monopoly is a bad thing and and how not having alternatives and competitors leads to poorer service and lower quality and higher prices, then just apply that universally. And that was actually the thing that turned Rothbard into an ANCAP was he, he was stuck at that point as well. And then he realized, oh, I just need to apply this universally. Bingo, bingo. Right. He got the godfather of libertarianism. Bam. I love Rothbard. He's awesome. Question six. What measures can an individual take to prevent unnecessary wars? Well, I wouldn't enlist in the military. Uh, if I were drafted, I wouldn't go because that's just another form of slavery. You know, albeit slightly less so, but then they are asking you to go and commit murder. So kind of worse in another way. Um, I think that just uh, practicing the ideals of techno egorism, whereby you become successful enough with multiple streams of income to where you can live anywhere in the world. So you can actually go out and physically seek the freedom that you desire. And the whole concept of a permanent traveler is, and, and that's what we talked about in the, in the intro a little bit, Yeah. Um, to where you are a guest in various countries or, or areas, and then you travel to the next area. And they often, as Doug Casey says, treat tourists and guests better than they treat their own citizens. So, so long as you're continually moving between places, you're never beholden to any particular tax farm. There you have it, man. That's a good idea. Great idea. Awesome. Let's talk more about that later. Question seven. Do you believe there is an epidemic of racism, sexism, and assault? Uh, Mostly by the hands of the state. All right. So this might be a bit of a hot topic and a bit controversial. That's fine. This is what we want. Bring it. Get it. All right. So people throw around racism all the time. And usually it's leftists who are decrying that people are choosing to not associate with another person or provide services to them, and yet there's legislation out there that is forcing association or having quota systems based on race. And so my rebuttal to that is you have law here by government that is institutionalizing race being a factor in the decision-making process. That is de facto racism. And that is enforced and perpetrated by the state. Exactly. Exactly. Question eight. Do you think there is a poverty trap that poor people are stuck in a rut and it's harder for people to get out? I think that we live in tremendous, I'm I'm channeling Trump here, a tremendous time where the ability to provide value to your fellow man or woman or cisgendered blah, 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 is so great at this time, better than any other time in history, that if you wish to escape the poverty trap, you have the means available to you. If only the government would stop taking 30 to 40% of your 
of your yes. income, uh, people would be a, a lot better off. And if they would uh, eliminate um, permits and license and other restrictions that prevent people from providing value. I, I had to start a business recently, and it is a significant number of hurdles. And I know, uh, Johnny, you just actually set up a business for this company. I did. And I'm sure that as an anarchist, that got your goat, man. Like, I went through Pissed that process, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe all the bullshit they put you through. <laughs> well, well, now, oh, okay, I'll tell you about it later, but they're trying to make right, me yeah, buy after, shit. After ro- rocket yeah, fire. yeah. <laughs> Question nine. Do feminists like big government because they have daddy issues? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like Milo in this area where feminists of the older stripe, you know, back in the day, were seeking equality of opportunity. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but his commentary on that is you've won the day. I mean, you've got that for the most part. Uh, the gender wage gap is demonstrably bullshit. Uh, it's it's more, you know, based on choices that people are making. Um, so a feminist today, yeah, probably has daddy issues. Uh, feminists of yesteryear probably were, you know, seeking equal treatment under uh, under the law, as it were. Right on, man. Question 10, the last question. Do you think cryptocurrencies could alleviate poverty? And if so, how? Uh, you know... I, I'm not a huge crypto fan. I know that uh, one of my cohorts, um, Stephen Clyde of the Peace and Liberty podcast, is a big fan. We've actually had a couple of conversations about crypto uh, and recorded them, and they're available on, on the actualanarchy.com. Uh, it's possible. I don't know. I think that competing currencies and getting government out of money, people often say, get money out of politics. I reverse it. Get politics out of money. Hot. That's nice. Hot. Nice. Love it. And it was O. That's Rocket Fire. Give it up for Daniel Elwood. Nice job, Dan. Rock and roll, my friend. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas. We're not done with Daniel yet. But, Daniel, really quick, give us your dot-coms. Really quick, just the main ones. Uh, Actualenergy.com, readrothbar.com, blackand.gold, and, of course, the Last Nighters, lastnighters.com, which is featured on the Launchpad Media. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, Thank yeah. you for the plug there, brother. Anyway, so I'm here with my ray of truth, the beautiful Raylene Lightheart. Anyway, so don't Hello. go away. We'll be back with more of Blast Off. Stay tuned. Why do people hate libertarians? One part of America calls them soulless robber barons who want to stick children back in factories, and the other part thinks they're drugged-up anarchists. Who are they? And why have regular Americans been told to avoid libertarians and their ideas? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, Amazon best-selling author of Stay Away from the Libertarians, where I'm going to debunk the myths, misconceptions, and outright lies thrown at libertarians, ranging from the idea that votes can be stolen to the radical notion that you own yourself. From personal stories to ignore history, I lay out the facts and ask you if these dastardly libertarians are as much of a threat as the mainstream media and establishment politicians make them seem. You can go ahead and get a copy in print and in Kindle e-reader on Amazon today. Stay away from the libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Available on Amazon.
Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, the Ray of Truth herself. Give it up for Raylene Lightheart! Hi, Raylene, I, you always get an applause every time I say I know. Thank I love you. it. I love your name, though. It's not Thank like heavy, heavy-fisted. <laughs> no, it's it's lighthearted. It's lighthearted. <laughs> I love it. Right. Right? It's, it's, it you. sounds like so pleasurable. It's not like angry. Your name is not angry. Like Johnny Rocket no. could almost be perceived as like aggressive, like Johnny Missile, you know, like the Apache huge, helicopter, you know, huge tough guy phallic symbol. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. T- huge totally. tough guy phallic symbol. But no, it's <laughs> it's Johnny Rocket. Hey, how's it going? Okay. Anyway, so we're talking to Daniel Elwood and Daniel, thank you so much. You did a great job on the Rocket Fire and we really like what you have to what you're doing and what you have to say here on the show, man. It's It's been really great. Yeah, I had no idea Dan was from the same area that we were. I didn't know he was even from here. I didn't I either. Like he's like a celebrity. He, like he's been hanging out in like Northern Bellingham or Mount Baker area or wherever. Sh- should we I'm, say where you're at or no? Well, it's a secret uh, installation. Yeah. Okay, it's a Hell secret yeah. installation in the same <laughs> state. We didn't even know each other. The but, the nerd in me just 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 perked up and got so excited when you said that. I was like a bat cave. Yes, he a has bat a bat cave? cave. Well, I was going to say, it's probably because you were living on an island for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's why we didn't know him. <laughs> His like, plan hey, worked. Yeah, no one knows you, man. Good. Good job. <laughs> it worked. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I have a question for you, Dan. From a voluntarist perspective, should we view anarcho-communists as allies for now as a threat or, or as a threat when working to overthrow the shackles of the government? Where are we at with that? I think that we should view them as hypocritical, self-defeating, economic ignoramuses. Yeah. (laughs) Don't hold back. Okay, so so we are on the same page with what we believe. Do you think that because they are against the state and want to dismantle the system as is, that they are closer to us and and our ideology than, than the statists? No, I actually think that they're too far gone. I think that they are they are worse than statists because Got it. Great. They think that they can have an egalitarian system <laughs> voluntarily. So they're delusional. They're delusional and economically illiterate. And I'm with you on that. These are these are strong words, I know, but yes, they No, they no, would, please don't hold back. They would require a government to enforce their equality and egalitarianism. You know, I I got into a discussion with somebody I know who rolls with the ANCOMs and it was tough for me. I get very emotional about how much I hate commies. No offense to all those commies out there listening to the show, um, but I hate them. Okay, so the thing about it is, is she she was describing to me how they are actually voluntarists too, and they believe in no government and they're just like us and that we should have a anarchy libertarian uh, unity is what the conversation was about. And my issue with it was, I, I hear you, but if they believe that rent is theft, then how can we actually ally with them because they don't even understand property rights? And her whole thing was, well, they wouldn't take your things because you're not in their society. But wouldn't the evil capitalist be exactly who they stole from? I mean, what do you think? Well, libertarianism, as Ron Paul says, would perfectly allow a socialist or communist society to exist alongside a free society. And, you know, we would essentially be their lifeboat, I think. But 
they can't yeah. return the favor. A socialist or right. a Bad communist neighbors. society requires the productive to provide the value the which which they can extract and be a parasite upon. And and there would be no incentive to do anything. Right, and no way There'd to, be absolutely no incentive. There would be no doctors because would you rather be a street sweeper or a, a medical professional where you have to study, work your ass off, right? Do all these things and then get paid as much as a street sweeper. There is no incentive. Right. That's what fucking bothers me about. I, I, You guys, I actually had somebody come and tell me that artists are just as hard of workers as, you know, ever everybody else and that they should be paid just as much and that it's wrong that our society doesn't do that. And it, there is no understanding of scarcity and free market. It, there, there's zero when you talk to them. And, and I just don't know if we can ever get through but to that, them. Yeah, but I'm, it, but Raylene, it's, it's, I don't know what world they're from. Like whenever I do something, it's from the off chance that it will become mainstream popular culture. People will enjoy it. And so there is my incentive to create something. I mean, I don't think any art, there could be a few out there. It's like, yeah, man, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm just do this because it's a hobby, right? I could see a hobby, right? That's because it's very hard to make money being an artist. It is. It's very hard. But like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, there was a joke here in the United States when I was in a band for 10 years is, hey, so what do you do? And I go, I'm a, I'm a singer in a band. They go, oh, that's great. But what do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, yeah, you can make a couple extra bucks doing it. But I mean, even us as libertarians, I mean, doing a podcast, I mean, we, we have to have regular jobs to survive. We're not getting definitely sure. I mean, it's it's cool to have the little additional income for little projects we're working on and making things cool. But again, there's still an incentive that someday that we could become big and where you know we're on the Launchpad Media well, or something like what, that. What you know, I'd like to know more about Dan's um, agorism, multi-stream. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the nomad. I want to know more about this because this is up my us husband's alley. This is what he likes to learn about and what he wants to do. So yeah. I would love to ask more questions about that. The techno Dan, you want to give us a little more? Yeah, you want to give us a little more description on that? Sure, yeah. And then we can also maybe talk about the nature of profits in, in that they're not always just monetary, right? Like we make yes. decisions... Sure human action, right? Every day we make choices that we seek to benefit from. That is a psychic profit. So it's not always monetary profit. Like Robert and I on our show, we talk about how even if the show doesn't make money, we're still profiting by doing it. Okay. I love this. This is exactly what I'm doing. You're, this you're for all you're, yes, you're yeah. right. So like me doing the Liberty Force comic book, which you can find at libertyforcecomicbook.com, by me doing it, I'm making a psychic profit because I enjoy doing it. So, and people are appreciating what I'm doing. I'm getting, hey, I really enjoyed your book. I really like this. To me, I'm enjoying the the effects in which people have said they enjoyed reading it. It was inspiring or educational or whatever or fun. I'm enjoying that, and that is a kind of a currency in itself. Well, essentially, everything is you're trading one condition for another. You're making decisions that you expect to benefit from every choice that you right. make. And so, you know, I mean, and that's the Misesian insight, right. right? So human action is essentially trading one condition for another. You expect the benefit in the ex ante, which means beforehand, you may turn out to be wrong. You're accepting entrepreneurial risk in the process, but you're under, undertaking the action with the expectation that it's going to satisfy 
whatever your end is using the means you have available right. to you. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, exactly. So whatever your need is, if you want to be known or recognized, you will put the effort and the money and fund something or do something for that recognition because that is a need in which on your ordinal scale is important to you. It could be number three or two or whatever. Or it doesn't have to be recognition saying, from your peers. It, it doesn't, doesn't have to it's be It's an individual list yeah. that each person values something more than something else. Somebody might value money more than personal recognition where others would value personal recognition over money. Or emotional growth or connections exactly. with other humans yes. or, yes. or a romance or whatever it is that they care about. Yes. Yeah. So marginal utility, that's the Mengarian insight. And essentially money is just a proxy and an extension of that. And money allows you to have a unit of account with which you can calculate. And that's where economic calculation comes into play. And that's where you can know whether you're allocating resources to their best use or not, whether you're doing something that's valuable or not, especially when you're undertaking something along the lines of business, right? And this is the thing that the ANCOMs don't understand. They want to abolish money. They don't want to have any way to know whether they're wasting resources or not. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes no sense to want to come from a place of ignorance. It, it it blows my mind because once you understand things, you don't want to go backwards. What is that? That's uh, regression. But I guess we're the regressives because we want to go back to the individual. Do you think that this is Darwinian? Are you asking me or Dan? Either of you. You both of you. We're all friends. Darwinian in regards to yeah, our do you society think as this of right is our now? way of putting ourselves extinct. Is this is this what we're doing? Are we no longer? Oh yeah, I just think it's bread and circuses. <laughs> I really think this is what it's about. Well, I'm kind of wondering, Dan, what do you think is more dangerous before we, we head out here? Xenophobic Warhawks or SJWs? Well, I mean, honestly, they're kind of both on the same side, the aren't state. they? I mean, ooh, I, ooh, I get ooh, in I trouble it. for this, but yes. I basically view anyone to the left of Murray Rothbard as a socialist to some degree or another. So, you know, my dichotomy <laughs> is is pretty stark. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're birds of the same stripe, essentially, in your question. Right on, man. Anyway, so that is Blast Off. And thank you very much for being here on the show. If you have any more dot-coms, give it to us one more time for our audience because we want them to go to actualanarchy.com. All right, the one that I, I've sort of neglected until the end here is libertarianunion.com. And that is a collection of podcasters, very similar to the Launchpad Media but this is a group that are a dozen strong with varying shows from Foreign Policy Focus, Battle for Liberty, the Peace and Liberty podcast. Um, uh, sounds like Liberty is on there as well. And uh, the Culture of Peace and among others. So do check that out. It's, um, it's a great collection of guys. We support each other. We're guests on each other's shows. We, we share tips and, and tricks with each other. And they're a great group of guys. We do a monthly show called the State of the, State of the Libertarian Union podcast, which... We don't really broadcast this out, but it's um, the acronym is SLUT. So I'm offended. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> can you just name that website one more Slut. time, com. Dan, so I can write it down? Libertarianunion.com. <laughs> okay. Oh, you'll go to another site if you put that Thank in. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard SLUT and I was like, another sandwich. Oh, anyways, really? Though, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket. I'm here with Daniel Elwood. Give it up. Daniel, again, thank you so much for being here on the show, brother. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, 
you're sticking around for the after party, right? Yeah, I can stick around for a little bit. Uh, I do want to plug the Launchpad Media next Monday coming out is uh, the Last Nighters episode on the King's Speech. And then the week after that, we're, we're going to take on uh, the Mission Impossible movie series, probably talking about the very first one, because the newest one is in theaters on July 27th. Dude, the King's Speech was an awesome movie. I thought that was a great movie. But anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket. And please, if you want to hear the rest of this show and the rest of this interview, please go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash blastoff podcast. Anyways, though, Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, and we'll see you next week. Rock and roll.